Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Oh, this couple would be so annoying. Um, there is a husband and wife who hold the record for most Christmas lights on a residential property back in 2012. They put up 346,000 lights. Holy cow. Then they beat their own record in 2014 with over 600,000 lights. Of course, thousands of people visit their house every December. Yeah. Now, they do use it uh, for local uh, charities, and they say they've raised close to $700,000 over the years. But they're now dealing with a growing distaste among their neighbors who are just sick of it all. The lights are incredibly bright. There's an endless line of cars, and they blast music through big speakers. Uh, Some neighbor compared it to running a Legoland out of your property for 40 days a year. No, there's a a stretch out towards, like, Bowmanville way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Have you made it to Bowmanville? We did. You did, yeah. We did that tour. Um, And they do, like, yeah, some really big houses and a nice kind of Mm -hmm. rural property. That uh, that do this and they do you know crazy Christmas displays and all very well and good. It's just if you move into that neighborhood and are not into it, you're screwed. You're screwed because you're not gonna like it. There was a cul-de-sac that we were gonna buy a house on in uh, in uh, Whitby, and uh, we didn't get the house because we got outbid. But uh, we learned after that this was one of those insane cul-de-sacs and I would have been out of my arse. They would have have come to me with pitchforks in the middle of the night. (laughs) I mean, I have a Christmas display. I have lights, but it's nothing crazy. Anyhow, they've set another record. This year's display is bigger than ever. And uh, 720,000 lights, 1,700 strobes, and a playlist of 255 songs. Oh, my goodness. Some some neighbor has so fed up with it that he ran for a seat on the town board just to try to rein this in. <laughs> but he lost. The couple say they don't plan to do it forever. They'll stop when they hit a grand total of a million. I was going to say, if you're at 700 grand, you're probably going to go for the million. Yeah. How do you store all this crap? It, it, that's, this is why we have all these diamond storage units <laughs> popping up every other block. I don't know. Nobody wants to get rid of anything anymore. Like, yes. I don't know who the hell is using. And it's it, listen, that whole diamond thing, like, there's one near us. And uh, when you drive through there, it's pretty impressive. Like, they, it's not just storage units. They rent out offices. They've got stores in there. Right. I never see anybody milling around it. Like, I don't know how they make any money. No, I never well, see anybody in there. Yeah, but. I guess you put your stuff there and you leave it. And, 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 you know, there's a lot of little, even, even like properties that you see, they're just bulldozing and, and just putting up those low garage mm-hmm. kind of yeah. storage units. Or I guess people keep extra cars because I guess either we're downsizing terms of our homes but mm. keeping our stuff right maybe uh, or there's those who have that third vehicle without the third garage and you yeah. just want to keep it there i guess so it's it's obviously a hell of a business and a, mon- a money maker because there's the huge one they just built in whitby there on totten and then there's the big one in oshawa yeah they're literally like 15 minutes away from one another yeah but and like i said i did see there was, uh, as you drive by it, in one corner, there's uh, office space you can rent. So I guess if you're trying to, like, start your own business or what, you need a location to go to every day mm-hmm. with a desk and a phone and a computer. It's a good place to ha- have meetings or whatever. And I have seen some, uh, they're probably, like, upstart businesses, some young people in 
you know, some of those offices, but it's a, it's a big building for what looks like very few people. You're right. They're so nice. I mean, I'd consider living in it. It's really beautiful. (laughs) It's It's got to be cheaper than rent. It's nicer than my house. (laughs) Sure. They got washroom facilities in there. Um, when it comes to the holidays, what makes you most nostalgic and, um, Setting up the Christmas tree seems to be the uh, number one uh, response, and uh, and getting the lights up and running, except for in this one uh, neighborhood. Uh, followed uh, by the lights and the Christmas tree, holiday music, holiday movies, baking cookies, holiday meals, receiving a holiday card. Holiday then, meals are so low on that list. You know what's funny about this? Spending time with loved ones is way down the list. Right. Remember a couple of years ago, kids. <laughs> Boo-hoo-hoo. I can't see my mommy and my daddy. Now you want nothing to do with them. You'd rather have a cookie than spend time with your mom it's and dad. It's not necessarily the mom and dad. It's the extended family. Yeah, the ones that you had the excuse a couple of years ago to not have to see. Yeah. But we used to whine about it anyway. Yeah. Well, guess what? They're coming back. In 1995, there was a contest based on who shot Mr. Burns on The Simpsons. And only one person correctly guessed that it was Maggie. But it was an anonymous post online, and the writers wanted to give them a prize. But on the DVD commentary, they said they were still searching for that person. Really? Speaking of animation, the Smurfs were created in 1947 as minor characters in a comic book in Belgium called Johan and Peewit. That's where the Smurfs first showed up. Really? Before Paul Schaefer was David Letterman's band leader, he co-wrote the song It's Raining Men in 1979. I don't think I knew that. No. I, I actually, I think I saw him perform it with, who was the the women who, uh, who did that song? Anyhow, it doesn't matter. He helped write it. Sure, he made a few dollars. Yeah, oh. Did he? Uh, I was going to say, was it the Spice Girls that uh, did a version of it, or the Pussycat Dolls? One they of those might things. Have yeah, done a remake of it. Yeah, I mean, it was a disco hit in the late seventies. Mm-hmm. Otis Redding died in a plane crash in nineteen sixty-seven, only three days after he recorded "Sitting on the Dock of the Bay." Right. The Hundred Years' War between England and France really lasted one hundred and sixteen years. 1337 to 1453. Yeah, after that long, who's counting? That's right. I'm actually watching uh, on Netflix right now uh, World War II from the front lines, and it's actual footage taken through Germany and France and Italy and Russia and uh, into uh, Africa when Germany invaded uh, Africa. And they, you know, if you, um, you, you hear the Americanized version of how World War II played out, right. you know, watch Pearl Harbor or any of those films, and they come across like they really came in and saved the day. Right. They had done poop all. It wasn't <laughs> until Japan, because I didn't realize this, actually, and I've learned this from watching this documentary. As much as China is a powerhouse in the world right now, World War II, Japan was kicking everybody's arse mm. in Asia and had taken over the Philippines and all the small islands and was making inroads into China. And that's when they thought, well, we best bomb all the uh, the equipment at Pearl Harbor because all those big ships are going to be more than we can handle. And then, of course, uh, America went back and trounced them by dropping bombs all over Japan. Well, I, I think that's where you get a lot of the U.S. rah, rah, rah yeah. coming from it, too, yeah. right? Is that, you know, 
We didn't start it, but we ended it. Well, yeah, that's right. And uh, really, and I always, uh, I always have, uh, I always uh, have a little fun with my uh, outlaws, my Italian uh, family, because I'll go, wow, you know, during World War Two. You folded like a bad shirt. <laughs> and the only country in Europe that stood up to Nazi Germany was my home country, England. Um, and and one, of the, one of the many reasons they hate you. I bring it up over Christmas. And, um, and, uh, and Oliver Stone did that terrific documentary years ago. Now, he's a real conspiracy guy, but he did the documentary, The Untold History of the World right. or of America. Anyhow, how America has taken all sorts of world events and claimed it to be their victory when really it wasn't. And in World War II, when uh, Hitler and Nazi Germany stormed into Russia, Russia kicked their arse. Mm. And until Hitler went to Stalingrad, he screwed it all up at Stalingrad <laughs> and they took his fat ass down. This this is all so heavy an afternoon television experience for you. I'm, I'm shocked because normally you weighed solidly in the shallow end of the pool. But I do like to well, I watch boatloads of documentaries, and so this uh, World War II one was great, and it's good to kind of get reminded of that stuff. World War II, kids, was something that happened before you were born. <laughs> and you'd be duck-walking if it wasn't for the brave men and women. And actually, speaking of women, this is something else I learned. So many Russian men were taken down during the war. They put together a whole fleet of Russian women who kicked German men's asses. Mm. Thing will be, you really, and all this footage is, some of it's horrific because you see a lot of the terrible stuff that goes down during war, but all of it was found and I don't know where the hell they found it, but it's all been like redone and reprinted and reprocessed. Really? It's amazing and some real tearjerker moments where like this uh, German guy who basically had, uh, was near death stormed into a Russian home and it was like two Little old uh, people, a man and his wife, and they said, do you want to have some soup? And they fed him, like, during all this chaos. Right, yeah. And and, uh, and, and another uh, German uh, guy, who a uh, soldier, who was uh, walking uh, a Russian soldier off into a field to basically shoot him, made him walk in front, and he said, uh, he said, I just knew my time was done. And at some point, the German soldier said, turn around, and they faced each other. And he shook his hand and said, I'm not a killer, and he let him go. Yeah. And this man is... Well, Jesus, it was 1941, and so he's probably in his late 80s because he would have been a teenager when he went into battle, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, to this day, like, this tears streaming down his face telling that story. So, kids, get a little education in you. It's good for you. Where were we here? 100-year war, <laughs> we talked about that. Might remind you, too, that not having Wi-Fi for 10 minutes is not the end of the world. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically when your fingers are falling off. When when they were the the Germans were in such disarray in Russia, and of course they ended up there in the dead of Russian winter. Right. Yeah. When their when their soldiers, when their partners in, would fall to death, they would eat them Ooh. to survive. They would pull out the hearts and lungs. Oh, oh. They'd cut Man. up the horses. That, yeah. It wasn't pretty. No. And that's why we should never forget. And that's why you see the insanity of what's going on in the world right now. We're heading down that road again. It's not good. We're in trouble. Speaking of war, the trench coat got its name because British and French soldiers wore long coats in the trenches of World War One. Hmm. Yeah. Lil Wayne's original rapper name was Shrimp Daddy. <laughs> I don't know. It's because he's little, so he's a shrimp. All right. Asperger syndrome is named after a doctor named Hans Asperger from Austria 
who worked with the Nazis during World War II. Lots of war stuff here today. And this one, this one is great. Do you remember Philip Michael Thomas? He was in Miami Vice. Okay. Right? Uh, when Tubbs. He, yeah, when he was on Miami Vice, he came up with the idea of the EGOT, where you win an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. He, he dreamed that up. He even got a gold medallion that said EGOT because he wanted to win them all. But as of today, he's never even been nominated <laughs> for one of them. Skip the Dishes just released their year-end report. And one of the top trending orders, salads. Oh. With a side of fries. <laughs> French fries were the top ordered side dish. Oh, were they really? Yeah. <laughs> I guess you figure you get a salad in you, then you can treat yourself to some fries. I would just think, like, even going to the drive through and getting fries is like... You know, a lottery in terms of gambling on whether or not those fries are going to be in the in a good state. You never know. Delivery would just be such. I I, I would fear that I'd get these mushy wet fries by the time they got there. The, uh, the most requested French fry style was the classic cut, followed by the waffle fry, the cheese fries, sweet potato fries. I do not like sweet potato. I agree. I don't like the sweet potato fry. I don't like the sweet potato and curly fries. People are not pretending to eat healthier by putting veggies on pizza. Skip the dishes. Most popular pizza style of 2023 was the cheese pizza, followed by the margarita, the pepperoni, the buffalo chicken, and the Hawaiian pizza. That's right, with pineapple. Pineapple on pizza rose quite a bit since last year. Right, okay. That's a, that's a big step, too, because uh, when you consider this is probably a North American Study to get the, you know, a pineapple pizza, I think is more popular in Canada than it is. Well, it's, I guess it's skip the dishes here and it's Grubhub in the U.S. Okay. Yeah. Um, cheese pizza, number one. Mm-hmm. Wow. wow. Old cheese pizza. Wow. Yeah. I, I, I think we'd be shocked at how bland so many people's, uh, taste right. is. I mean, I mock you for it all the time, but I don't think you're on your own. <laughs> I think there's a lot of you out there roaming around with an age seven palate. I think I'm quite endeavorous by being more of the carnivore pizza than just straight cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You seem like you've stepped up to about age 12 or yeah. 15. Way up there. The most popular spicy order were tacos, spicy chicken sandwich. The chicken sandwich is huge right now. Oh, yeah. The uh, spicy tuna roll, hot and sour soup. I couldn't bring myself to try the Nashville hot chicken sandwich when I was in Nashville. Oh, my. You know what? We were talking to Ted uh, when you were off. Actually, he'll join us this morning at uh, 740. Um, he was offering up over the holidays when he was catering parties a um, deviled egg topped with a, uh, a piece of chicken smothered in Nashville hot sauce. Okay. And it was really flipping good. And he said it's just kind of more vinegar-based. Yeah. Um and, and and I've had Nashville uh, hot sauce sandwiches, and it doesn't seem that crazy. Yeah, it, well, it, it depends on. It's funny. The, one of the first meals we had there, the team, a couple of people ordered it, mm. and one of the kids ordered it. To, I think thinking, well, I don't want a Nashville cold chicken sandwich. Mm. He just thought it was heat hot. Oh, I see. <laughs> the poor guy basically had his doors blown off <laughs> on both ends by this thing. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I think Frank's hot sauce is hotter. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I guess it's where you get it too, because right. a couple did admit who like hot sauce that when they were there, they're like, man, this is pretty hot hmm. and they did have some like you know uh like buffalo or, or barbecue wings there and everything had right. a bit of a spice to it 
As for drinks, the top pops include Diet Coke, of course. Then we think we're drinking healthy. Yes, by not going to get it ourselves, too. Yeah. Let's, let's, yeah. let's have our fast food with a Diet Coke and have it delivered to our door and yeah. onto the couch. Let's get the extra large so I can land my jet ski in it. <laughs> um, Coke followed uh, Diet Coke, Sprite, Dr. Pepper, ginger ale. And it doesn't seem like people are concerned about uh, drinking coffee too late. Over millions of uh, coffee beverages were delivered. Again, just ordering a coffee. Right. Like you can't, don't you? Oh my god. Yeah, like I'm, unless crazy. you're like an air traffic controller <laughs> on nine eleven, yeah. like where you cannot leave your seat. Yeah. Even in a hotel room, they got the coffee maker right there. Yeah. Uh, and you'll love this. It's very random. Orders of pickles were up huge. In fact, Skip the Dishes says pickles as an individual order item has the largest increase of all food items. What do you mean individual order? People are just ordering pickles? Oh, they're ordering a coffee and a pickle. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. If I was with a driver, pickle. I would just throw them at you. <laughs> <laughs> you made me go all the way here, climb these stairs, take the elevator for pickles. Bend over, I'll give you the pickle. <laughs> and this isn't uh, this isn't good news. I just read this actually. I was looking up Skip the Dishes and what's the difference between them and, and Grubhub, and it turns out that Skip the Dishes has the lowest rating with the Better Business Bureau. They rate an F. Due to volume of unresolved complaints. Oh. Now, that could be all sorts of customers who have ordered food and have complained to right. them because, again, their fries are cold or their right. coffee was cold or their pickle ended up their arse. <laughs> On the line, the godfather of the grill. It's Theodore Reeder for Wild Fork in Whitby. Good morning, Teddy. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Lucky. Ted, how are you? I can't complain, you know. No, life is well, good. Who's going to listen anyway? That's right. Nobody's going to listen. I mean, you Nobody. complain to your family. They don't listen, Ted. Nobody cares. No. <laughs> and you don't care about their problems either. Um, well, I do. I actually do care about my wife's problem and my children's problems. Mine, I don't worry about as much. I think you're their problem. That's probably the truth. <laughs> probably the truth. Probably the truth. So our, our pal, uh, Lucky the World Traveler, is just back from uh, Nashville. And much like when he went to St. Louis, we talked about the, the foods that are, uh, are popular in that city. And so I was um, looking up. Popular foods from Nashville, and of course, the usual uh, suspects—the uh, the hot Nashville sauce and the the, the fried chicken. But they had a uh, chicken and sausage jambalaya that seems to be very popular Ooh. there. And I I I think I've had jambalaya. I know I've never attempted making it. It always seemed to me to be a tad complicated. But I'm assuming a jambalaya is just like a stew. Or do you have a jambalaya that you would uh, that you would whip up? No, I, I, I don't normally make jambalaya. It's not okay. one of my favorite uh, nibbles. Okay. Uh, I, and, and when I do, I save my uh, having jambalaya when I go down to New Orleans. Mm, right. Where, um, you know, is the home of jambalaya. Okay. And uh, when you get into the Nashville, there are, I mean, Nashville country music, right? Yes. And uh, Broadway, walking the Broadway Strip, there's uh, Jake's Barbecue along there, and it's okay. does its job. Martin's Barbecue I find to be a little bit better and a little tastier. He does a whole hog that's pretty uh, pretty wicked. You got your Gus's Fried Chicken. Uh, 
But what I really want to know is, Lucky, did you head on over to the stockyards and try some turkey testicles? Uh, <laughs> I, I might have missed that. <laughs> and I think I just learned that turkeys had testicles, but uh, I guess that would be, be true. I love giggling at the word <laughs> testicles. Uh, how, how does one prepare a turkey testicle, Ted? <laughs> Well, you know, you got to pound them. <laughs> you, buy, and, uh, you buy it a drink first. Jeez. <laughs> uh, at the stockyards, they're, uh, they're deep fried. Okay. And they're moist and juicy. And so <laughs> that, everybody that, likes a moist and juicy testicle. Say, yeah. Is that a draw? Mm-hmm. I think so. But I know they don't <laughs> sell those testicles at Wild Fork. No, no. no. Now, actually, no. Uh, animal testicles from turkeys and God knows how many others are, are, are a delicacy, right? Like there's a, people will eat the, like the pig testes or the cow or sheep or whatever, right? Yeah, in the spring you get a lot of, uh, I, I see in uh, different marketplaces, the, uh, the lamb testicles. Okay. And I remember this was years ago. I was I was preparing some lamb testicles, and my daughter asked me, "What are you doing, Daddy?" And I said, "I'm uh, I'm uh, skinning some lamb testicles." And she's like, "What?" And I said, "Come here and show you." So I was peeling the outer membrane off the testicles, and she was completely grossed out by that. Every guy just and then had them for dinner, and she wasn't too thrilled with that either. <laughs> this whole conversation might have just become ovaries <laughs> sucked up so far. I feel bad. I feel bad. For for any sheep, they'd be like, "Oh, you just took my testes. Please don't shave me." I'm like, I'm... So, do they do they take them? Do they take them while the animal is still alive? Like they castrate them? Is that is that the deal? Uh, you know, I actually don't know the answer mm. to that question, and uh, I, I would think that uh, it's a possibility, but yeah. I think they usually wait. <laughs> right, they at do least the give them the dignity of water the animal, yeah. and then the testicles come off. Yeah. I, I understand, so, uh, and certainly cultures that that using the entire animal is important to them. If you're going to slaughter an animal to eat it, then use the entire part of the animal. But ain't nothing wrong with a Hattie B's chicken sandwich either. No, no that's certainly true. I want to get my hands on some testy so I can teabag Lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Reach down, reach down, and reach around. Oh, we all know no. you don't have them. Mine, so mine are long gone. Start they're, with an animal. They're in a mason jar on the mantle at home. Um, That's right. The lovely Maria said, this is where they belong. <laughs> this is the end of that. Uh, and I was saying to Lucky, uh, even though he didn't try the Nashville hot sauce, you were explaining to me last week, it, it's like a big deal these days, and the chicken sandwich is a big deal. But the Nashville hot sauce is nothing really that special, right? It's a hot sauce, yeah. and uh, sometimes it's made with bacon fat, and that uh, gives you the, the flavor of it, but it's just a good hot sauce. It's mm -hmm. got a bite to it, and uh, it works with fried chicken. Let me tell you, it works with fried chicken. It certainly does. All right, Teddy. Well, if people want to talk about uh, Nashville or uh, testes or <laughs> or any anything that you can or if wild fork wants to review this conversation to cancel their order <laughs> yeah you want to call wild fork today and say where are your testes do you have any testes how come those aren't in the bunker right no they, i tell you they got lots of good tasty meat though in those bunkers so yes. go on into wild fork and don't look for the testicles because you won't find them there but I tell you, you're going to find a lot of tasty, tasty, tasty treats. As, as we get close to Christmas, so many like to have fish on Christmas Eve. And uh, I heard uh, Doug Elliott and Christian Pritchard talking about this, that they got like massive pieces of halibut. Mm. So uh, 
yeah, if you're thinking about fish for Christmas Eve, uh, certainly that, that would be the place to go, Wild Fork and Whippy. All right, Teddy, if people want to get a hold of you, my friend, how do they do that? Ah, you're going to find me on the social media world, at Ted Grills. You know, you always can uh, learn something new from watching TV. And yesterday, whilst watching Malcolm in the Middle, <laughs> I learned of the Tijuana Car Wash, which I am going to incorporate into this year's Christmas festivities at the Van House. Okay. The Tijuana Car Wash, all you need is about uh, three of those rectangular fold-out white tables. You line them up. And then you have a party, and you get everybody around that table. Maybe you get 10, 12, 14, 15 people, whatever you got. And everybody's got drinks, and you got food, but specifically like uh, Mexican food. So your salsas or your cheeses or your nachos and, this, and, and a lot of booze, mostly including tequila. Right. And uh, somebody gets nominated uh, to go through the Tijuana car wash. You lay them out on the table. <laughs> Somebody holds, you get two people, uh, one on each side, holding their arms up behind their head. Right. And you drag them across the table while everybody pours booze down their throat, throws food at them. Right. And then the woman at the end, they have to have a woman at the end of the table. Okay. This woman must have the biggest breasts in the room. Gotcha. Your head goes firmly in between those breasts. (laughs) She then pours tequila down into your mouth. So by the time you started the car wash. Right. To the time you've ended the car wash. You're a different human being. It sounds like a train wreck. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of fun. The Tijuana Car Wash. Wow. Uh, speaking of television, very sad to uh, learn the passing of Andre Brower yesterday at the what age of turn. 61. What I a know. turn you just took. I did. But I, 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 you were talking television, and we both love the show Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Well, that's the only sitcom you and I ever watched. There's not many that we agreed upon, and you suggested it, and I followed. Yeah. And along with the family... And loved it. Yeah, he was great in it. And uh, and he was fantastic. I mean, he started uh, as a cop on the street uh, kind of television series in Homicide, Life on the Street. And I, very, very different from his character, oh, yeah. Captain Raymond Holt, who was just brilliantly done. And uh, they said he just had a short illness, passed away at the age of 61. Um, you know, Raymond Holt, he played a, a gay character. Uh, on Brooklyn Nine Nine, but he wasn't. He had a wife and three kids, and uh, and and just a, a great character actor. The way he pulled off that character was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Everyone, I'm your new commanding officer, Captain Ray Holt. Speech. That was my speech. Rock mornings with, with Craig Venn and Lucky, ninety four nine The Rock.